Thank you, Kelly Robinson, and good morning, everybody. We're glad to have you tuned in this morning. Why don't you give me a call right now, and that is 888-256-1080. I think you just heard that, didn't you? 888-256-1080. We are the masters of technology. Jared Taylor is running the boards, and he gets all of that uh, credit. We just had some technical things and got them all worked out. So good morning, and a good wet morning across much of the state of Texas. I hope that you will take advantage of a little bit of in-the-house time and give us a call. I hope if you're in the Panhandle or in West Texas, I looked at some of your totals for the year for West Texas and Southwest Texas. Oh, my goodness, it's so dry. I hope some of this rain got shared with with, uh, you all, and uh, let's uh, let that happen, why don't we? But in the meanwhile, let's talk gardening. Would that be all right? Let's talk gardening, the plants at your place. I would love to do that. We're here for the next almost one hour, and the way you do that is to contact us by calling that number I just gave you, and I'll give you again in just a moment. Jared will uh, answer the call and then uh, get you screened, get you ready to go on the air, and, and we'll take it from there. We'll just talk about plants. I'm still getting questions about oak trees that aren't leafing out properly. Just let them sit there. Let them do their thing at their own rate. If they have, if they have uh, just a, a spasm of leaves here and there and everywhere, that's okay. And uh, the Texas A&M Forest Service tells us that seems to be the way it's destined to be for some specific oak trees. No, no particular species, not any one age of oak trees, just... Some oak trees are determined that they're going to act that way this year and that most of them will end up leafing out. And I'm seeing that happen on oaks in, in my neighborhood and, well, in my part of north central Texas. They're just really bizarre looking one week and then beginning to leaf out the next. And sure enough, about a month later, they look pretty good. That's the way it's been over the month of May. Um, some of them have developed uh, radial shakes. It's called S-H-A-K-E-S, radial shakes. Those are vertical cracks in the bark down at the ground line. I did a uh, little bit of research on that this morning, very little. I didn't have much time uh, for uh, somebody who asked about them on my Facebook page. And I found, <laughs> I found one um, uh, match that came up quickly while I was hustling uh, for radial shakes. And it was from, I think, from the U.S. Forest Service. It was 1961. I mean, you don't see many uh, reports that are dated 1961 on the Internet. Um, And it was citing some research that was done in 1855, for crying out loud. But things don't change. You get a sudden drop in temperature, and you can get bark splitting vertically, and that's called a radial shake. And the uh, foresters, as I'm talking to them, don't seem to be particularly concerned. They feel that... Bark will form beneath those, and and uh, that the trees will be okay. So, and people are saying, "Hey, what's this with my my tree's trunk?" A lot of it is uh, Schumard red oaks, red oaks of different kinds, and uh, they say my tree's looking fine, but what are these? And uh, so, just leave them alone. Don't be prying on them. Don't be cutting on them. Don't let anybody inject anything. And whatever you do, don't let people start pruning on your oak trees right now. Leave them standing there. They're not going to fall over right away. You have a chance to to monitor and and see if they will leaf out. Some of them may not leaf out for months, maybe even until next spring. I've never said that before in a 50-year career in horticulture. I've never said leave a tree for a year to see if it leafs out. And I would probably only say that for oaks, but uh, and only because 
the uh, foresters of the Texas A&M Forest Service have, have said it. I say, okay, if they say it, I guess Neil can. So anyway, that's uh, not where I necessarily intended to start, but I just figured I'd get a bunch of questions on it, so I'll just get that out of the way. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We have Evelyn and College Station. That means we have a couple of lines still available for you if you'll grab them now, and uh, then we'll get right on to the program. 888-256-1080. All the way from Alpine to Crockett, all the way from Corpus Christi and Victoria, where the uh, the spinning weather was uh, looking like it was going to come in last night. I don't think it amounted to much, but uh, other than a lot of rain for parts of Texas, um, all the way uh, up to the Red River. That's where we broadcast and into the Panhandle to Amarillo. It's a fun program to do because it makes me think about, okay, where are these people? What are they encountering right now? Are they in drought? Are they in flood? Has it just been cold? Has it just been really hot? What's going on? So, 888-256-1080. Tell you right now about my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I have spent this entire week signing. There have been three days this week where we took almost, can't quite get 500 books in my truck. It's been raining at our house, and so they all have to go in the cab of the truck. And that amounts to 28 or 29 boxes plus whatever I can stuff in beneath the seats and everywhere else. And no, they don't go in the drop box at the post office. <laughs> that wouldn't work. They go around to the back to the loading area and, and put them on carts. One day I got there, and predictably all of their big carts, uh, this is in the McKinney, Texas post office, and it's a pretty good-sized post office, and uh, all of their big, look like railroad station carts were busy. They were occupied. It was about a quarter of five. And so I took my little $38 two-wheeler dolly that does not have inflated wheels, and I pushed all 30 boxes in uh, I, by myself. There was nobody to help. My wife has broken her shoulder back at Thanksgiving, and, and uh, our son was taking his son to the doctor for a, a 10,000 mile checkup and uh, anybody else that I could call saw my caller ID and didn't answer wisely <laughs> so anyway uh, but anyway I'm, I'm getting caught up I'm really getting caught up until I get caught up I'm leaving the 3195 price on the book I think you'll say man that's a pretty good deal Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening may be the only gardening reference you'll need it has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 I've never put in a book before. It is uh, a calendar, a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden, four pages per month. And uh, then chapters 3 through 11 are incredibly comprehensive. It took me four to six weeks on each one of these chapters, writing 12 to 14 hours a day. And that's trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. Uh, The uh, book is a hardback. It has 840 of my best photographs and 344 pages. It was printed in San Antonio. And uh, that's significant because you can save money by going overseas. A lot of the books are printed in China and elsewhere, but a lot of them in China. And I just said, you know, I don't want it to say it's printed somewhere else. It needs to say printed in Texas 
printed in the United States was adequate, but it was printed in San Antonio by Clear Visions. And uh, for all of that, you would expect to pay 50 or $55 if you went into a store or on Amazon, but it's not there. I chose to self-publish and to offer it to you myself right out of my garage, which is where we have them stored and where I'm signing. And um, it's only $31.95 plus tax and postage. It will be $36.95, but until I get caught up, $31.95. I think that will happen in the next week or 10 days. So you need to order it right now. You can do that at my website. It's satisfaction completely guaranteed. It will be a signed copy at $31.95. I'll be signing this week. be signing tonight. $31.95 by going to neilsperry.com or by calling... Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The uh, website, that's the better way to order, is at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner. Have you noticed that? Well, let's do a little bit of math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room, you could own your own metal storage building right in your own backyard. That happens with the Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble with a bolt-together design, and they're priced right for you. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing money away by leasing storage space. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose, adding style to your storage space. And if you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need. Whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, maybe even an RV, you can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures and at a reasonable price. See all the options at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. They're Mueller. They're made in America. And they're made to last, MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. Make a note of that number. All the lines are filled, but we'll empty them, so uh, we'll make some room for you. As you hear me finishing up with the caller, we're in a slight delay, as uh, all sane talk shows are. Otherwise, you get caught with your pants down. Um, and so as you hear me finishing up with a caller, then, uh, then you can, uh, start dialing and, and get in punching, not dialing Evelyn in college station. First call up this morning, Evelyn, thanks for calling. How can I help? Uh, Neil, I have a, uh, little gem magnolia tree and it's about seven foot tall and it's been in the ground about two years. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding the leaves are curling on it, and I'm finding some black stuff on it. There, it looks like at the ground level there that there's something, you know, a little um, irritation down there. You know, the bark is uh, looks like it's been eaten away a little bit. But this black spot is black stuff. It 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 uh, it's on the trunk and it's also on the limbs. All right. Let me let me deal with one thing at a time. Um, the damage to the trunk is there any chance that is from a, a trimmer, a line trimmer? No. All right. Um, the leaves that are curling and that are uh, 
not looking normal. Are those this year's brand new growth, or are they last year's old leaves? I believe this last year's. Uh, well, it's just all over right now. Well, I understand. But it's. I think it's last year's. Yeah, uh, last year's leaves will be on every twig on the tree, but they uh-huh. will be a few inches back from the growing tips. Um, the reason I ask that, and, and it, it's a hard concept to to uh, explain on, on a radio program, but, of course, magnolias drop all of their leaves and get new growth, and the time that they do that is late April through May. They're doing it right now. And so people get concerned about uh, magnolia leaves looking bad and falling to the ground and, and, and so forth. And I always need to know if it's the old leaves that are doing it or if it's the brand new growth. Because if it's the brand new growth, that tells us that there's something going on. There's a problem there. If it's the old leaves, then um, here is my comeback. And it's, it sounds a little snippy. It's not intended to. Uh, look at what they've been through for the last 12 months. They went through a summertime. They went through February 16th, and those temperatures that were, you know, in single digits in Bryan College Station are pretty close to zero, and it's no wonder they look bad. So, you know, we don't worry about the old leaves. They're getting, uh, the tree's getting rid of them anyway. So that's how I would judge that. If it's the new growth and if the leaves are curling, then that's a whole different um, uh line of of, uh, concern, a line of questions. At that point, I begin to worry about whether there's been any kind of a weed killer used anywhere in the proximity of the tree, even in a neighbor's yard, if it was a spray. Uh, They're very sensitive to uh, weed killers, broadleafed weed killers, and they're really sensitive to weed and feed fertilizers, especially ones that have atrazine in them. And so that becomes a concern. Now, you've introduced the black concept on the trunk and the branches, and I don't know what that would be. It may be sooty mold, which uh, will often grow on trunks of crepe myrtles and uh, pecans and oak trees and other trees when there's been any kind of sap that has dripped. That probably isn't much of a concern. Uh, So I've given you answers to all three of the things, or, or partial answers to all three of the things you've introduced. I'd almost have to see it to be able to get any more precise. Well, I used a a, a, a specter. Well, I used a. a, um, Okay. (laughs) Let me let me ask you a question. Are you are you on Facebook? Uh, Yes, I am. Would you post a photo of the of the leaves and of the trunk on my Facebook page, please, so I can see what we're talking about? That will be worth. I, I can't turn the whole program into the one tree question. Of course. And unfortunately, it would do that. Uh, that in in a microsecond, I can have a much better idea of what's going on. It's just well, in I my really name. Feel like it's something rather than the leaf drop from the looks of the tree. It may well be. Curve, yeah. curve. May well be. I can tell that in, in like I said, in a microsecond by looking okay. at it. It's just N E I L S P E R R Y on Facebook. All righty. Thank you so much. I'll look forward to it. I'll be I'll be looking for you there, Evelyn. I'll give you an answer. Thank you. You're wonderful. All right, let's see. Let's go to Ed. In, uh, Ed, hang on a second. I don't want to get myself behind on the program, and uh, he's going to be asking about grapes, and that could take a little bit of while, a little while. Uh, Neil Spray's eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email, and that happens Thursdays right after 6. I get my copy almost every week at 6.04 p.m., we have about 75,000 people. You know, I haven't checked with Gretchen for the. She, she puts it together. I do the writing, 
and uh, she assembles eGardens for me and then distributes it through constant contact. I haven't checked with her in the last three or four weeks, but so I'm sure it's above 75,000, but it's a lot of people who get eGardens and would love to have you. And uh, you you have to subscribe for it. We don't just randomly send them out to people. And I don't I don't go out and buy mailing lists and and contact people to ask if they'd like to have eGardens. I do it right here. This is it. This is my advertising campaign. So if you'd like to see what eGardens looks like, a, a free electronic newsletter uh, where I write all but two of the stories each month. One is by Stephen Chambly. One is by Diane Sitton each month. It's weekly, five stories per week. Uh, one of them is always a featured plant of the week. One of them is always a featured question of the week, something that has come up repetitively. And one is always gardening this weekend where I point out things that you need to get done in the ensuing three or four days of that weekend. You can see what the uh, eGardens from day before yesterday looked like by going to neilsperry.com. Click on the eGardens tab. That's N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Click on eGardens, and where you see the sign-up page, uh, that's also where you can click on the most recent issue. I look forward to having you as a subscriber to eGardens. It's free and always will be, and I'll never give or sell your email address to anyone. NeilSperry.com for eGardens. More after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very, very much. And a podcast of the program are always up on my website by Monday evening, just an FYI. If you ever miss part of the program and you just say, I can't go another week, I just can't do it, then you can go to neilsperry.com. Let's go to Ed in Corpus Christi. Ed, this is uh, Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. What I've got here, I've got from Womack Nursery, beautiful plants, um, on two chaponelles, one... Um, Blanc du Bois and one muscadine from the Lord. And uh, I've got grapes coming off the branches on the other three other than the muscadine. And I'm trying to train them to go over the arbor. But you've got these branches that are coming off there. Do you do I cut those off? The Okay, the pruning would be done during the winter time, and then you have to tie them to the arbor. I hope you have a big arbor. Those are big plants. They're going to get quite large. Is is your arbor quite substantial? Well, it's oh yes, yes. It's uh, I'm an engineer. We built this right. The size is uh, about an eight by eleven. Now that's I don't know about that, but how big? And how reinforced with four by sixes. Only kidding. Yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I tell you what. When I when I go up against engineers, I shut up in a hurry. I, I, no, I just, no. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do. I really appre- no, appreciate I, you. Uh, so I had, okay, so I, I can just let them grow. Well, you need no. You don't just let them grow. You train them very carefully. Um, you know, you're doing it in a in a different way, not a bad way, just a different way from what you would do if you were trying to produce grapes uh, uh, in okay. a in a commercial setting. You'd have them on uh, on trellises, and so when you do them on a on a uh, an arbor, uh, you're going to do the pruning in the winter, and you're going to have to remove any that go away from where you need them. You can't pull them back if you have one that goes out at a right angle and is headed toward. Uh, uh, toward Brownsville, you gotta you gotta remove that thing. You need to have uh, those that are in the in the two uh, plane growth pattern that that are going up over your arbor, 
and uh, remove the ones that are, are determined that they don't want to go that way. And, uh, and and that's done during the winter when you can see the canes. Uh, you're going to be removing for a while, as long as you can, you're going to be removing as much as uh, 80% of the cane growth each each year. That's ideal for gra- grape uh, pruning. Now, you're not going to be able to do that once they're up and over the arbor. And so... Um, uh, okay. I've, I've got strings that are that I'm using to train the, the, the grapes on. I probably need yes, to add sir. more. Yeah, uh, strings or uh, that's just temporarily until they can grasp hold farther up. Grab, and, right. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, because yeah. strings won't last very long, but they don't need to if, if you've got another support farther up that they'll take hold of. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that would work. Uh, I don't think it's it doesn't need to be highly technical. Uh, that's why I went into horticulture. I enjoyed math. Um, <laughs> I, I got off the boat at calculus, <laughs> and and so I decided horticulture is a good place for me to be. But, uh, anyway, our, our well, son, I really appreciate you out here. Yeah, I got to tell you a funny story. I was in a meeting yeah. of a of a charity. Uh, it was for a substance abuse uh, not for profit, and one of the members of our board. It was a just a board planning committee meeting, and they're doing just kind of a. A warm up at the beginning of it, and one of the members was a a really nice pastor of of a Methodist church, and the person who was leading the the session said, "I want you to tell the group something about yourself that nobody knows." And this pastor said, "Well, you probably don't know that my undergraduate degree was in electrical engineering." I wow! Said, oh my! <laughs> we we have a yeah. son who. Uh, got his math and statistics degree at SMU in two years in the summer, and so I kind of pay attention to mathematicians. And so anyway, I said, wow, that speaks volumes of you. And I said, "Uh, if it's not so bold for me to ask, where did you get that? And he just kind of demurely uh, smiled, and he said, well, Duke. (laughs) Just got worse and worse for Neil. So yeah. I I admire you, but thanks. I'll bet okay. I'll bet that arbor is going to stand anything that comes blowing through Corpus Christi. Good luck on the yes, grapes. You, you have the best varieties. Thank you, sir. I'm glad you called. That was fun. Thank you, Ed. All right, let's see. Let's go to Raymond in San Antonio. Raymond, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Raymond. All right. He had an orange tree question, but I guess we'll ask him to call back. Not there, you think, Jared? Okay, Raymond, if you are listening and want to call back, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, let's go to Tony in Amarillo and see how he's doing. This is what I love about this, Corpus Christi to Amarillo. That's a big jump. Tony, how can I help you? Yes, I've got a, a pecan tree that is probably 20 years old, and what happened is two falls ago we had a really hard winter. Uh, late freeze and it froze the leaves and the the fruit on the tree so then go roll around to what we went through this year and my leaves are not coming out part of it as but some i've got some branches that don't have it they almost look dead and i'm really wondering if i need to prune it back no i don't think i would uh do you know what variety or do you you no it's probably a pawnee but i'm not sure okay i didn't plant it well, Pawnee is, is recommended for your area, along with Kansas and, and uh, Caddo, and uh, Pawnee would be good. We hope it is. And if that's the case, I would I would sit tight a while longer. I I guess I've heard enough foresters and arbor, uh, arborists 
tell me that. They just are adamant about on, on high-quality trees. Now, when and, and this is a tree that you may not be familiar with, but when people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area start asking about their uh, Chinese tallow trees, which really should not be expected to grow in DFW, or loquats, these are both South Texas trees, and, and Chinese tallows are invasive, so we don't want them anyway. But when they ask about those, those are toast, and they're not going to come back, especially the, the tallows. In your case, you have a high-quality tree that might come back, and it's they get pretty brittle pretty quickly. I live in a pecan forest, so I get that picture. But I think I'd leave it up for a few more months, through the summer at least. You're not likely to get winds are going to knock it over and see if it offers. Well, it's to... not that. I, the, okay. the middle of the tree is good and the okay. crown, but a couple of branches that are coming off that are like six inches, and I'm a fr- I don't want those to hurt the other part of the tree. Do you think it would? If they fell, you mean, or if they broke? or No, just, just because the having some dead up there with the other limbs i don't want gotcha to, it's know, not going to decay that quickly you have okay. enough time to react are they are they shaded by the higher limbs by higher no limbs? no Doc, okay the, the tree wouldn't lose its shape if i did take them off it would bring but it would be tall and skinny and then i, I gotcha. could have some growth out but i don't I just don't want to lose the tree no i understand the the fact that you have a couple of branches that are not offering to leaf out uh, if the rest of the tree looks fairly normal, I wouldn't worry about those now. I would worry about them by fall because they could, over a course of 12 months, they could begin to, if, if they're dead, they could begin to form decay down into the trunk, and you would mm-hmm. need to have them removed. If they're that big, I'd have it done professionally and uh, leave a little bit of the branch collar so the tree can heal properly. I would not yeah. leave them there more than uh, more than this growing season, but I would not rush okay. to, to remove them. I, okay. It took me a moment to tune in to you. I'm, I'm with you now, brother. <laughs> no. uh, yes, yes. Well, we don't have any trees up here, so. I, oh, I've, I've been to Amarillo many times. I don't want to lose my tree, yes. I understand. Yes. When you have a town in Texas called No Trees, I understand. <laughs> yes. Thanks for calling. Thank you very much. Have Have a great day, day, Tony. Thank you, sir. All right. My book is Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. In fact, in pecans, uh, if you get into the the fruit chapter back in the uh, fruit and vegetables, it's an excellent chapter 10 it would be then, uh, you will see that I have the four regions of Texas that the the fruit and pecan specialists of A&M have broken the state into and the recommended pecan varieties for each of those regions. And uh, that is something you'll find very helpful if you're trying to find the best pecan for your part of Texas. That's just a, a very small little uh, uh, chart, just a tiny chart, and but also useful if you're trying to get a great big pecan tree going. So anyway, uh, the book has 344 pages. It has 840 of my photographs, 840 in its 11 chapters. And uh, chapter two is especially useful. People tell me, Neil, that chapter pays for the book. And uh, it is a calendar. Never have put it in uh, a book before. I used to publish an annual Texas gardening calendar, and I had about one-fourth of this amount of information in each uh, calendar each year, telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of the plants that you're trying to grow for all of the state. But this is so magnified, so much better. 
So that's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, the book. Now, it's not in stores and not on Amazon. You won't find it there. I chose to keep the price low for you. Uh, I'm not making any more than I would have if I had had uh, put it in stores and on Amazon. I'm, I didn't pump it up so I could make the last possible dollar. That wasn't my goal. My goal was to sell it to you at the cheapest possible price and still give you a very high-quality hardback book printed on high-quality paper and printed in Texas. Carolyn Skye was my editor, Cindy Smith, the graphic designer. This is the fifth printing of the book, not fifth edition, fifth printing. And uh, I'm, I think it's the best work I've done in my career. Uh, it uh, is good for every county in the state of Texas and southern Oklahoma. You will find it very, very useful. For the next week or so, it will be thirty-one ninety-five plus tax and postage. That's until I get caught up with the signing. I fell about 4,000 books behind. I'm about 1,000 books behind now, and I'll be signing tonight and tomorrow and much of next week. So satisfaction is completely guaranteed. I have to do that because you can't go into a store and see it. With 65,000 of them sold, I have not yet had a complaint uh, asking for money back. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Now, here are the two ways you can order it since it's not in stores or on Amazon. You can call my office Monday through Friday, business hours, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. But the better way by far, and the better way by far, far, is to order it from my website right now. And that is at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. Dot com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, totally different from that old cowboy boot book. I'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly. We're going to go to Raymond. Raymond has called back in. We'll go to Raymond in San Antonio. Good morning. How can I help you? Hi, Neil. Thank you for taking my call again. We sure. got disconnected. That happens. Um, well, uh, we bought a house three years ago, and in the backyard it had an orange tree. Mm-hmm. Well, it still has, and it was producing these beautiful oranges. Well, we had this uh, horrendous snowfall, and uh, which is rare for San Antonio. And uh, after the snow had melted, of course, it dried up the tree. And now all the leaves are gone, and the tree looks barren, and it almost doesn't look like it's alive anymore. I, Just I doubt that it is. Yeah. Should, should I continue to... Uh, should I prune it? Should I, you know, what should I do with that tree? I think you probably need to think about replacing it. If if you remember what variety you had, you could go back and plant the same variety if it did that well for you. Um, and uh, because it, it lasted for many, many years, uh, you are awfully far north to be planting citrus in general. Some of the, uh, there, there's been a lot of uh, work done on uh, winter hardy citrus and the satsumas and some of the others uh, that have uh, held up better to the cold. So I do a little research before I just went out and bought anything if you don't know what variety you had. But I uh, yeah, yeah, I doubt if that I doubt if that tree is going to come back and especially as late in the season as it is now. It's already I had see. three okay. months. All right. Well thank you very much, Neil. I appreciate your show. Oh you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Take care. All right, let's see. Let's go to Kevin in Corpus Christi. Kevin, this is Neil. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. I, I certainly look forward to Saturdays and your show. I do, too. Thank uh, you. 
one of my question or my question is I've ordered some of these electronic rodent repellers and I'm not you know I they said they work great everybody everybody brags about it but I was wondering if you knew anything about them and if they do really work if you uh if you will google um the the not necessarily the the brand name but just electronic rodent uh device and put the word university in front of that when you do the search mm-hmm. uh and see what the university people say about them i think you will find that uh, there is absolutely no uh recommendation of using them uh, they they are they i don't i don't know that the word waste of money that phrase uh will be written there but it will certainly be implied oh my gosh well um too late i already ordered them <laughs> yeah i and wish, I wish you'd ask ahead of time they uh they just there are a lot of hype and i'll tell you i'll tell you the thing that I always look at when somebody comes to me with a new product that they want me to advertise. I'm, I'm really picky, in fact, to the point that um, there are days, there are weeks that I have unsold ads because I have turned down some advertising. And the thing I always look at is, am I looking at testimonial uh, results or am I looking at valid university test data when they show me reports that say, this product is great? And uh, then I look, and it's it's some random guy in some random town, and he just says, yeah, I bought three of these, and they really worked for me, as opposed right. to a blind study at, uh, at an ag school, for example, Auburn or LSU or Texas A&M. And uh, over a three-year period, they tried, uh, I'll, I'll use something else, uh, they tried this uh, particular weed killer, and it did a 98% job of, of controlling poison ivy uh, without doing damage to this or that. You know, that's what I want to see is that kind of research. That's what my father did at Texas A&M was exactly that. It was herbicide research. And so I watched that, and I know what it should look like. Also, Neil, my citrus trees are gone and toast, but the navel orange tree is sprouting new growth at the at the base. Will that, be a, will that be a good tree, or the, yes, will those sir. oranges be good? That should be good. That should be good. That's encouraging. It's amazing how far into the state that cold spell went. I watched your temperatures. We have some friends in Corpus Christi, and I watched the temperatures. He said, oh, his wife was out digging the plumerias about three days before it came. Uh, oh, my heavens, yes, get them out there. They don't have a prayer. And, uh, and, and for it to be that cold that long, oh, goodness. Yeah, I lost a, a big orange tree. And the whole yeah. crop was uh, ready to come off, but I couldn't, I couldn't get any help on the ladders, so I lost it all. Mm. But um, two uh, orange trees, a uh, uh, grapefruit tree, those were really great ruby reds, and um, the uh, uh, the other, the last tree was a, um, <clears throat> a navel orange, but. Um, well, the I'm fact that back. the fact, yeah, go back with them because the fact that they stayed for so many years, um, we can't landscape and we can't do horticultural plantings based on what might happen in another hundred years. We have to have a little bit more courage than that. So, you're, those you're, ruby reds did great here, aren't they and, great? Uh, yeah, and then, and then those things really, really produce. Uh, You'll be back in business for long. Good.
Well, uh, thank you for your show, and uh, I hope you're wrong about those rodents. <laughs> <laughs> I do, too, for your sake. Good luck with it. I was wondering where the rodents went to when they left. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. the neighbors, I guess. <laughs> they, probably, they probably went out and, and uh, said, hey, come over here. It's safe over here. <laughs> They'll be back bringing their friends. Good luck with it, Kevin. Thanks for the call. Take care. All right, let me do my last break, and we'll see what we have left at that point. Probably have time for one more call if you'd like to call. I do not have any calls on hold right now. I didn't time my my giving of the phone number very uh, well. It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. 888-256-1080. My website is neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. There are many ways that you can spell my first name. And um, that's why I kind of emphasize it every time I give it, just to make sure you get to the right website or don't get a rejection notice of some sort. And on my website, you will find a very special offer on my latest book. That's uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. That's where you can get it for thirty-one ninety-five plus tax and postage for a few days more. Then it will be thirty-six ninety-five. So don't delay. Go ahead and order it right there at the website. And do it as soon as we get off the air here, neilsperry.com. It's also where you sign up for my free electronic newsletter, eGardens. Click on the eGardens tab, and you can scroll down. You can sign up for it. You can see what it looks like because the latest issue is there for you. And uh, it's also where you see my 1,001 Frequently Asked Questions. That was a book I published uh, back uh, a few years ago. And when that company went out of business, I said, all right, Here's what I'm going to do. I worked a year on that book. I'm just going to put it on my website, make it free for everybody. You can have it. Uh, you can look at it. You can reference it. And I brought it all up to date, up to speed. It's there for you. 1001 Frequently Asked Questions at neilsperry.com. And also you'll see the information on uh, Rose Rosette Virus, if you're not familiar with that disease. All of that and a whole lot more at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. The 1930s were difficult times. For America, the country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce, but hopes remained high. It was during that time that the Mueller people started making metal products. Now, 90 years later, the Mueller name is known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in our uh, state. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms where they happen for years to come. That's much longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's made by Mueller. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. You can also give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. 877-268-3553 or stop by one of their 33 locations. They're Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we 
go back to the phone lines and um, let's go to uh, Andy in Corpus Christi. I'm going to ask you, Jared, if you will play the music fairly loud because my clocks are kind of messed up. I can't see what the time actually is. Andy, this is Neil. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Uh, just to start, I'm a big fan. I, I don't garden, but I just love listening to your program because, you know, you are so knowledgeable, and I just love listening to you. Well, thank you. Uh, I think I'm only going to have half a minute. Let me help you best I can. Oh, okay. Um, I have a lot of a lot of weeds in my backyard. Uh, there's one that's, that's like a creeping uh, vine. Uh, what can I do to, to get rid of it without destroying the grass? Okay, if it's, uh, pull it down a little bit, Jared, it's too loud now. If it's a vine growing in the grass, you can use a broad-leafed weed killer to control it. Andy, I'm going to suggest you get to a nursery, to a Texas-certified nursery professional. Take a sample of the vine. Let them help you. Folks, everybody, thanks for listening. Happy gardening.